Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled The Art of Not Knowing and subtitled Uncertainty as Possibility. And joining me from near Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada is the author Desiree Carlson. Welcome to the program. Hey, Jay. Thank you for inviting me. It's a very fine-looking cover, and you have a, uh, a mountainous-looking photo on the front, a daring invitation for the curious, uncertain, and lovers of possibility. Sounds like a positive book in my world. What was the uh, motivation behind this? What was the one thing that got you thinking about this, and uh, you decided to share it in print? Yeah, that's a, a great way to start, Jay. Uh, well, I've always been a seeker. And, you know, like everybody else, I have been looking everywhere, trying to find the answer. And then just trying to look everywhere, I find that there's no really an answer. And no matter how intentional my search has been, you know, my greatest answers have arrived in subtle ways and in ways that I never had imagined. So I think this perspective has really changed my life and my relationship. And it has humbled myself. And I guess that's where my my motivation comes from as a therapist and, of course, as a person, just realizing that, yeah, there's not really a, a, a book to tell you how life should be lived. So I think that's where it comes from. Your book is 126 pages in length. Uh, that must have taken some time to create. Um, when you finished it and began looking at its content, were you pleased with the results? I'm, I'm guessing you were, or you wouldn't have put it into print. But uh, who did you think would, would find its contents something that would challenge and motivate them? Whoa. I mean, uh, this book is for professionals, for non-professionals, parents, single people, friends, couples. I... I I would dare to say that it's for everybody. It's nothing like you've read before. Maybe you think because of the cover that you know what it's about, or you imagine that it's a self-help book, and it actually, I mean, it actually helps, but it's not its purpose. So I think anyone who, who wants to challenge their biases and who really wants to, to see through uncertainty, I think they would be appealed by the book. Uh, it is simple yet extremely profound. It, it touches really uh, philosophical, psychological, and social questions, but in a way that seems at the same time simple and reachable. So I think it's, it's pretty much for anyone. Well, excellent, excellent choice of, uh, of uh, topics and content. One of your chapters uh, does refer to a therapist as a fool. <laughs> How did that uh, title come into being, and what does that mean? Actually, that's one of my favorite chapters. Uh, you know, the archetype of the fool, uh, sometimes used in tarot, and, and I think um, many people, when they hear the word fool, they go directly to the dumb or to not like being stupid. Yes. But really, when I think about the fool, I'm, I'm imagining the archetype of the fool, that it's this um, naive, innocent, always open to learn character, and the therapist as a fool is exactly a way to dismantle the power relationships in therapy and all the myths that are relating, related to psychotherapy and allowing therapists to become 
humble and curious enough to actually connect with people and what people are experiencing instead of giving advice or diagnosing or trying to figure out what the other person existence is. So that's what it means. Is that similar to what you've described as not knowing? Is that the one thing you want readers to take away from your work? Totally, totally. It's it's an attitude. Uh, more, I mean, for therapists, it could be a methodology, but it's it's really an attitude towards life. And it's the attitude of, of really believing that we don't know even if we think that we do. So that always keeps us curious and asking the right questions to not to know, because when you're curious just to get the answer, then you're not curious enough. It's curious because you are in the adventure of just discovering who the other person is. Is uh, your book, would you say, at least uh, superficially, it's, it's an easy read? Uh, I know you're dealing with some, some uh, philosophical questions and maybe even some uh, complex issues. If I were to read it and uh, not be informed too much about the content, how would, I, how would I respond to it? What do you think would be the key element to grab my attention? Yeah. Actually, I love that you bring it up. It seems like a very complex and, and deep book, and it is, hmm. but I wrote it in a way that it becomes very, very reachable. Uh, actually, it's fun to read. It's fun to read. Uh, I also did it a short reading, so anybody, you know, on their way to the airport or whatever, when we get back to that, they can read it and get something really good out of it, but it's it's easy to read. It's reachable. It's authentic. Um the way that you hear me right now, it's basically the way in, what, in which I, I wrote it. it. It's like I'm speaking to, to the readers. So even though I'm bringing some philosophical deep questions to the table, uh, I'm actually doing it in a very casual way, not to make it uh, superficial, as you said, but to make it understandable and relatable to anyone. You have described this again as uh, a book that maybe would be described as a book full of questions. Is is that also correct? It's totally correct. Actually, if you intend to have an answer after you read the book, you might be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book that leaves you with more questions than answers, for sure. 140, 126 pages. How long did it take to complete this, Ray? I mean, to write it down, about two years. Um, to get it, to be ready for it, uh, I guess all my life. It's a book that is a part of, of my soul. It's a piece of me. I mean, most readers, most writers would say that, uh, but uh, definitely this is a book where, where I expose myself a lot, and I have had to go through my journey to get there. So even though it took two years to, to get the words right and to get the feeling that I wanted for the readers to have, uh, yeah, I, I guess it has taken my whole life. And did you start off as a um, philosophical child? Uh, how did you, how did you become what you are today? Yeah, Jay, I, I've always been very philosophical. Always thought of myself as a, an old soul. Hmm. Never really fit in. I was, I, you could say, I was the nerdy. A philosophical child in elementary school, really interested in, in knowing and understanding and, yeah, learning about everything. So, yeah, I was pretty philosophical. So 
Uh, and actually, I talk about that in the book. I talk about my own journey and about the way I got into that point and about also my two divorces, three marriages, uh, you know, blended family, a bunch of personal experiences that have to do with my search and with my own journey as a philosopher. And what have you discovered that will enlighten, inspire, and motivate the reader? Uh, well, it's a daring, honest, and engaging book. I think um, it will inspire people to feel that they can actually say something important themselves. Because I think that mostly we, we're looking for the answers in experts. And this book, when people read it, at the end, they realize that they have a lot of answers. That they And answers with their own questions. You know, maybe it's not the final answer. But I think this book leaves you feeling as a capable philosopher yourself. It invites everybody to become a philosopher in their own daily routine. Was that part of the challenge of writing the book uh, or rewarding as it turned out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I wanted to make, make it... It was really challenging not to think about the PhD readers that would read it my colleagues or psychologists that would read them uh, and stick to the fact that I wanted it to be a book for everyone. I wanted it to be inclusive. I wanted it to be simple to read at, and without taking all the, the deepness and the important topics that it touches. So it was a challenging thing not to, to fall into the trap of wanting to please, especially professional psychotherapists, uh, who might judge me and and keep authentic and keep like focused on what I wanted to share with my readers. Beautifully done. 126 pages is a, a wonderful accomplishment just on its own. Are you a journaler? Do you have notes and thoughts that have been pursuing you over the years that you have included in the book? Well, I'm a journaler and I did include, that's why I put a lot of my especially as a therapist, I, I keep my journal. And part of the chapter, The Therapist as a Fool, shares a lot of my own thoughts and reflections in my own therapy after-session journals. So, yeah, you will find a lot of my intimate, <laughs> intimate secrets that are not a secret anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's made up of very personal experiences, definitely. You have uh, mentioned in some of your notes uh, that expectations need to be left behind. Is there anything uh, that you could recap about those expectations that the reader should focus on when they get a copy of your book? Yeah, it's, um, I, I love a, a phrase about Harold, that Harold Bloom wrote um, and in his book, How and Why to Read. I will just share it, and I think that's my focus. I urge you to find what truly comes near to you that can be used for weighing and for considering. Read deeply, not to believe, not to accept, not to contradict, but to learn to share in that one nature that writes and reads. And I think that's a challenge, and that's my invitation for the readers. Leave your expectations behind and allow yourself to be surprised, not only by the book, but by life. Are there maybe some words that would recap from your perspective, descriptive uh, words for your book? <laughs> if you ever thought you were open-minded, 
read this book and you'll discover that there's always room for more. Fabulous. That's how I would put it. It's uh, certainly an attractive book on the cover because the main character or the main focus of that cover is an individual making the process of a mountaintop experience a daring invitation for the curious, uncertain, and lovers of possibility. The title of the book, again, is The Art of Not Knowing, Uncertainty as Possibility. My guest author, Desiree Carlson. Desiree, my listeners need to get a copy of this. How would they do so? Oh, amazing. Yeah, you can go directly to exlibris.com or to amazon.com, and you can get it in, in, in Spanish and in English. We have both languages available. Oh, oh, fabulous. I think they possibly could find it on uh, Amazon and other booksellers as well uh, by searching under There's your name. There's also Barnes & Noble, and also in Canada we have it uh, in Indigo. So you just get online and you can get a Kindle version or a paperback version. Is there perhaps a website that they can connect with you? Yeah, thank you, Jay. It's DesireeCarlsonPsychotherapy.com. And also in my LinkedIn, I'm at Desiree Carlson Transcultural. And in Facebook, you'll find me as Desiree Carlson Transcultural. Anything that connects with mindset challenging, uh, you're going to find me there. Excellent. Something else perhaps in the future? Are you planning a second follow-up book to mm-hmm. this? Yeah, actually, my, my follow-up has to do with inclusion. Um, there, another chapter we didn't discuss about is sexuality with, with the lenses of not knowing. And that is certainly a, an interesting topic because even though we're so open with sexuality, we're still uh, getting stuck into labels, even though we, we are so free in many ways now. So I think it has to do with sexuality and inclusion. So wait for that. We will have an opportunity to talk about it, hopefully, in the near future. Again, the author, Desiree Carlson, C-A-R-L-S-O-N, who has joined me from near Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada. Thank you, Desiree, for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you, Jay, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker.